Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope all is good with you in your world. Um, if this is your first, first time coming onto this podcast, this is Musings with Jesus. It's a daily Christian podcast where we talk about, I talk about my work with the Lord and how things are happening in faith, life and love and all of that, what I'm learning about God. So welcome on board if you're here and wherever it is you're listening from. Thank you for joining us. So um, today I'm going to be talking about something that I think the Lord just brought up to me again this week. And um, it's funny how my life just continues to be like an ongoing learning journey. And I find that it's almost like, you know how the... It's almost like a tank. You know how the wheels of a tank, they run on this sort of like, I don't know, like a tire track type of thing. And at some point, you know, the bottom of the track is on the surface of the road. Then it goes up in a circle. Sometimes it's up and then another time it rolls and comes down. So the same portion of the track still comes back to hit the road at different points in time. But sometimes it's on the track. Sometimes it's off the track. Sometimes you can see it. Sometimes you cannot see it. That's exactly how I have seen that my work with the Lord is. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that analogy. Because I find out that it's almost like he keeps, he has to keep turning the wheels of my knowledge and my understanding and my awareness of the word of God. There are some things that he brings to the fore because it is needful for the time. And at that time, I will have such a strong sense of understanding. There will be so much fullness it will be you know i will almost think that oh i will never forget this but before i know anything it has gone to the back of my mind and at the point when the lord now realizes that wow she's you know certain things are coming up and i'm losing the the plot on that point he brings it to the fore and then it's almost like oh i'd even forgotten that i had this hair it's almost like and i have this problem it's almost like when you have a lot of clothes in your closet to the point that you forget that they are there because they're at the back of the wardrobe. You're not even using them anymore. You wore it once when you first got the dress or twice. But after that, you've forgotten that it's there. And then after a while, you, you have this event or thing you need to go to. And you think you don't have anything to wear. Where you actually have something that would really work really, really well. And at that point, you just need something or someone to point it out to you and be like, to open your eyes and say that, Actually, you have a dress in the closet. It's going to, that would have, was going to fit this occasion perfectly. And there's nothing you can get outside that is going to be better than this because this actually fits it very well. And this has happened to me a lot of times. Sometimes I've even gone and gotten a new outfit just to come back. And then maybe a week or two after, I then discovered that. I'm like, why was I this, you know, look, this would have been perfect. That's exactly how my relationship with God is. So, what I'm about to talk about today is stuff that I knew very well years ago. But I recently again found myself in a situation where I realized that where God had to pull me by the air and make me realize that I was falling into a trap. And, you know, I, I needed to understand that. And I'm finding that this is perhaps just like the rolling wheels of a tank, like the conveyor belts. I don't know what they call those tire track things, you know. Maybe this is how my life is going to always be. Maybe I just need to realize that I will oh, I will never, because I, I would prefer a situation whereby once I learn something, I learn it for life. 
and I continue working in it and I continue to build and add on to it. But I find that, that sometimes I lose track of things. And I know it's the reason why it happens is because there is a devil that is creating situations, you know, so that to distract me from the word of God. And because there's a discipline and a rigor that it takes for the word of God to continue to be, you know, for me to maintain focus on different aspects of the word of God for it to guide me accordingly. And let me just talk about what I'm going to, I'm going to read the scripture and I'm going to explain what, you know, what has happened and what the Lord has shown me through my experience in the past few weeks or so. So this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth in the second um, epistle of Paul to the church in Corinth in chapter 10, Second Corinthians chapter 10. And I read from verse 1. So in the preceding chapter, um, in chapter 9, I think people had been, the church at Corinth, some people had been making some accusations against Paul, saying that when he writes, you know, talking about him, that ah, Paul, when he writes his letters, he, he sounds, he comes across with a lot of authority, very bold and all that. But that when he comes, he's just very timid. I mean, you're like, wow, you cannot really relate the boldness and the authority and the power in his words from the person. And I really find that really funny because... You know, at the end of the day, really, it just shows you that that is the power of God that was coming through the words and it had nothing to do with him and that he was just a vessel. But it was funny that it's funny to me that that was the accusation that they made, because I'm like, I mean, I would I would have been alarmed if I found in person he's exactly as the words are because I'm like, whoa, you know, but then I think that then makes you realize that there's a power working in him that is not exactly his own, which is why. When you see him physically, he's not representative of the power. But anyways, these people didn't have making these accusations were doing it with malice. So, you know, let's just understand that that way. So I'm going to read what he now, his response to, to those people that had said those things. And um, I'm reading the New International Version of the Bible. And it, the title that is given to this by the Bible translators, not as part of the scripture, is that this was Paul defending his ministry. But in the purpose of defending that accusation that was made, to him he then you know he uses that he used it as a teachable moment to then share some things by the spirit of god so reading from verse one he says by the humility and gentleness of christ i appeal to you i paul who are timid when face to face with you but bold towards you when when i am away i beg you that when i come i may not have to be as bold as i expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. Verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons which we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I will leave it there. So this is Second Corinthians 10, chapter um verse 1 to 5 he was making a very important thing point here and he was talking about he said look people that are making this comment they do not understand that even though we live in this world we do not wage war as the world does the new king james another translation of the bible in old english says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What he was saying is that we do not fight physically. Even when we see opposition, enemies against our souls, when the devil creates drama around our lives for the purposes of stealing from us, killing, destroying the things that we hold there, even taking perhaps our joy, our life, God, whatever it is he may have planned. 
He says that the weapons with which you fight a spiritual war can never be physical. You can't fight a spiritual war as if with the physical tools. That's the crux of what he was saying. So he was saying, you may, I mean, for you to be looking for physical strength in me, then perhaps maybe you think that I am in a world like the rest of the world fighting physical battles. No, I'm not. I am a minister of the gospel of Christ. My life is a testimony of the goodness of God. I am a minister of God. I am a witness of Christ. The battles that I am fighting are spiritual. Therefore, I cannot have confidence in my flesh, in my natural understanding. I do not use the powers that I have, the natural capability that I have to fight a spiritual battle. Then he goes and explains what that spiritual battle is. He says that the weapons of our warfare are not man-made. They're not vis visible things, but they are mighty through God and they demolish strongholds. And he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So this is what the spiritual battle is. I'm just going to say it out there. For a lot of us, and I'm speaking, this is my reflection based on my life and what I'm seeing and what I know and what I have been taught before, what I have learned, what I have seen, what I have experienced, what the Lord has shared with me and what he's bringing back to my knowledge now. The battle is in the mind. The battle is in the mind. Many times we think we're actually struggling and I think people struggling with depression and things will understand this much better than other people because people who may not have an awareness of okay you know they just think oh they're thinking oh it's because i don't have money or it's because i don't have this i don't have that they don't realize that or we don't realize when we go through stuff that's what we what we are what we need to guard ab above all things is our mind the bible actually says it's in proverbs um i think it's four or 28 also says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life in that heart is talking about your soul and in your soul is your mind your will your emotions but the battle is in your mind that's what he's saying so he says we 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 demolish we cast down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Because, so there are many ways in which this, he, he released, this is something that is so deep. There are so many ways in which you can interpret this and apply it. In your life, in my life as a Christian, there are many things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. You know, there are many things. Things, situations come, God is telling me, the word of God is saying, handle it this way. There is a whole retinue of DIY advices. Do it yourself. Telling you, even my own mind, my unrenewed mind, has its own idea of how I should handle things. So, I then need to, and, and let's make it real, let's assume there's a, a condition I'm battling with, or there's a relation that is giving me stress, or there's a toxic, you know, there's just something I'm grappling with. And I can see that this situation, walking through these individuals, is, is, is positioned against me. So, do I defend myself? Do I try to defend myself? And then sometimes there are even people that I know that I can't play the kind of games that they are playing because, you know, there's just stuff going on that is totally out of the realm of the kind of person that I am. So the first thing, like I had a situation like that recently, I was so shocked at the realization that this person that I thought was my person was not at all on side at all, as in, not not on site and this was someone i trusted so much it was really devastating for me
So I went through the whole, you know, like they say, seven stages of whatever, grief, anger at some point, disgust, did so many things, and then intense sorrow. But then what do I then do? And of course, this individual not wanting to accept, trying to, you know, gaslight in the process. And this was not someone I could just set aside, which was what made it complex because it just wasn't that kind of relationship. You would always have to deal with this person. And how would I, you know, so I was just, I was just confused. I was really confused. And in that process, of course, my mind was all over the place. The devil saw an opening. So I started having, so it was even difficult. And that's what I hate about getting into that state of confusion because it's now difficult for me to differentiate what God is saying and what my mind is saying and what my emotion and what perchance the devil is saying. Sometimes it's tough because he will not come. He will come like he's trying to help you, you know, self-preservation. So it just gets a little bit murky for me. So anyway, at that point, I, I felt I was led to do certain things and I started doing that, create some distance with the relationship and handle it in a certain way while at the same time praying and making sure that I stay in the love of God. And this went on for some months. But at a stage, I had to see that I was not doing what Paul described here. My imaginations had allowed my imaginations to get, to set the tone of what, you know, of how to respond to what was going on. Now, don't get me wrong. It was, I was responding to visible, as in the evidence supporting that this person is being used by the devil. It was, the evidence was overwhelming as, as a physical fact, not even spiritual, anything. It was clear. It had become so clear that this person was by all, from all intents and purposes, for whatever reason, reason that I myself till today I don't understand, and I maybe I don't know if I will ever understand it, was just walking, being used by the devil. And it was I was so I just felt wow I have to get myself away. So I really really like I fled. I just fled. And um, a lot of things started happening. I started developing belief systems around what was going on, which is a big risk because sometimes things happen in our lives. And then you start developing belief systems. Oh, because it happened like this in this way. Therefore, this means that anytime I do this, this is what will happen. Or, you know, so I started to, of course, fear unknown to me had started taking root. And I was now acting in response to that, that fear, thinking I was being spiritually guided. But I was actually being guided by fear. So the devil was firmly in that space. It was not until two days ago that the Lord, you know, something happened. And then I just woke up and I realized, and then, you know, God threw me back to scriptures, which is the musing I did yesterday was part of God's ministration to me on that. I just realized that I was now being led by things outside of the word of God. I was allowing the circumstance to lead me. When certain things happen, I'll take it as a sign. Oh, this means this, this thing is getting worse. This person is doing more of this. And then I would then respond. And you know what happens once you get into that situation whereby you are being led by physical circumstances, that is where the devil wants you to be. Because then he can create a lot of drama and just send you on a wild goose chase while the rest of your life is left untended to. And he can then have his way. So I was unknowingly playing into his hands. And this is what Paul was saying here that even though I'm in this world, I do not play the games that you guys play. 
I will not fall into that trap. But that everything, that what I watch over are the imaginations, the high thoughts, the counsels that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Because I know that those thoughts are on a mission. I know that those imaginations, they are on a mission. I know that they do not come with innocence. They have an intent to come in and destroy everything that the Lord has planted in me and prevent me from doing that which the Lord will have me do. Therefore, I go after it. In fact, New International Versions in verse 5 says, He demolishes the argument and every pretension. And it says He takes into captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Can you imagine him saying that that is the warfare? We have to bring, because if not, your mind will just go all over the place. And we've seen it happen, even to Christians. The battle is in the mind. It's not anywhere else. It's not out here in the world. It's not with, do you understand? We're not fighting um, demons in real life. Neither are we fighting human beings. Even when it is human beings taking um, power and fight, bringing the fight to us. The warfare is not in the physical. It's about bringing every thought. First of all, me making sure that I, my mind at that point in time, I am thinking the way God will have me think concerning that situation. I am, in fact, and the only way to do it is to bring the word of God into the situation, confess it, declare it, and obey it. So for me, in this case, what I then did was, when I found out that, um, and I talked about this yesterday in my last museum, please check it out. When I found out that, okay, it seems like I have now for the, I now, God opened my eyes and I realized that what I had done was I had constructed belief systems around the physical circumstances and I had made them into precepts that I was now going, I was now living by. In other words, I was no longer living by the word of God. And one of the greatest things I am grateful about, even more grateful than the gift of the Holy Spirit, even though I'm very grateful for the gift of the Holy Spirit, is for the gift of the word of God. Because with the Holy Spirit, I may miss it sometimes. I may not, he may speak, I may misinterpret what he says. I may not fully understand. I may not fully get what he's saying. That happens sometimes. Sometimes I hear it very clearly and I'm, you know, but sometimes I hear him, but in my application, it, it, they, you know, sometimes my the lines are a bit blurred. Sometimes I hear him very clearly. A lot of times I do, but there are some times when, um, and those hap- that happens when I'm, my emotions are involved. It's very difficult for me because I just, I'm, I'm too emotionally invested to be able to hear God. So I have to get to the point where my emotions are stripped out before I can really hear him. So in that moment, in those interim, I will have some, you know, moments of, you know, unclarity. And I think I'm beginning to realize that I used to feel bad about that. But I, I think I have to realize now that when that happens. But I don't have to be without hope because in that time... I can center my life on the word of God. So I, so when I saw that that was always good, I said, okay, I can now see that what I've been doing over these past two, three months has been centering my life based on belief systems that are rooted in things that happened. Physical circumstances of which the devil is an expert at creating those kind of things. So if I'm going to base my life based on certain things that manifestations that happened, not on the word of God, then I am on shaky foundation. I am playing to the devil's, I'm dancing to his tune. And it's very likely that this is going to end up in tears, in sorrow and in loss. And like I said, these are things I'd known before. But it has gone down to the back of the tire, 
God was now bringing it back to the forefront. He, we, I, we now needed the weights of this to press on the track of my journey. So, I now said, you know what? Whatever it is, because I had had many belief systems. Okay, from now, no, do this from now. Oh, hey, Lord, I can't even believe. It was almost like, like witchcraft. I'm telling you, I was actually doing things that I, I was. It was terrible. And I, I remember I had a conversation with one of my friends. He was try. He actually tried to stop me, but I wasn't even ready to listen to him. Anyways, so God now, so I said, okay, you know what? Since this is where it is now, let me just center on the word of God. The word of God says, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despite, uh, do good to them that hate you. And pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. This person fits into at least one of the four of these things. So I'm going to do... And he went on to explain that you should do good to them. That if, if, you, are only, if you are the kind of person that only does good things to people that do good things to you, then you're not like your father in heaven. God causes the rain to fall on the evil and the righteous, blah, blah, blah. So fine. So I then... You know decided to reset and do what i knew would repair or at least obey that word even though i felt that i had received a word contrary to what i was about to do but at that point i was like no 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 no. i can see here that i have lost the plot so let me center on the word of god because i know that the word of god never fails and uh, this uh, and love never fails so even if i am wrong even if in this i am going against what god will want me to do Love will collect, will correct it, and the word of God will correct it because God knows that I'm doing this in love. Because at this point, I am confessing that His spoken word. I am not so sure, and I can see some error. That I could see, I could see some error in some things that I've done. So you know what? Let's go back to the basics. Let me assume that I have not received or heard anything about God at this moment. Let me go back to the word of God, and that's what I did, and I felt much better. Which is which does which it doesn't mean anything because sometimes you can feel better even doing wrong things. But I, I I am more I think I'm I'm happier. But I'm continuing to pray. Because that's what God said. He said, Pray for those that he did not say take it. And I think that's the mistake that we take make because some of us we think that oh, people are despitefully using you and persecuting you, and you think that um God is saying don't do anything. He's not saying he's, he's saying don't retaliate with your physical, don't repay evil for evil, but pray. Pray, because in that prayer, all of the power that you need for God to arrest that situation, and if that person will be brought to repentance, let them be brought to repentance. If it is judgment that God will do, God will resolve that situation. But he says prayer. God will not ask us to pray. And I think at those times, it's a prayer in the Spirit more, because the Holy Spirit will then be able to guide that prayer in the direction that it needs to go. So I think that's what I need to do. Let me just revert to prayer. I will walk in love. Of course, I will maintain some relationship distance because I know, realize that this is not a healthy relationship. This person is not trustworthy. But I will walk in love and do all what I am obliged to do by duty and obligation because of the nature of this relationship. And I will be prayerful. So I will just leave it at that. We do not war after the flesh. And the battle is in the mind. See, this mind, we have to guard it with all diligence. And it's only God that will show us how. But I find that if we root it in the word of God, without, in fact, without focusing too much on, oh, revelation, God revealed to me this, 
root it into the word of God and be aware of your own limitations. And I think that's what I'm realizing that because I have the gift of the spirit operating in my life and sometimes God enables me to discern things. It doesn't mean that I must live my life 100% by that discernment every single time. Sometimes I should just root it in the word of God because really the word of God is higher than any other. The Bible says it's whether prophecies they will fail, whether tongues it will cease. All those other things, they are temporary. And sometimes, like I said, my understanding, my interpretation may even be faulty. But the word of God, when love, there's any things that are clear. It's not even, you know, when Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. It's clear. It's a literal, there's no need to go and there's no challenge of interpretation in that. And as long as you're doing that, the Lord will reward your faithfulness. He will reward my faithfulness. He will reward our faithfulness because he realizes that we desire to do what is pleasing in his sight. We do not want to live like people in the world. We are walking in the way. We are being perfect like our father is, but we're walking towards perfection. We are striving towards being like the father and we're yielding to the love of God in us. And I just thank you, Lord, because you have saved me from the miracle. And I pray that this that you have shared with me, you will keep it in my heart and help me to live accordingly in Jesus' name. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.